everybody, and welcome to the Train Like a Trooper podcast. We have two very special guests in here with us today, Lieutenant John Vinson and Trooper Clint Riddle with our Troop MC, our Motors Unit. Uh, Lieutenant, I'm going to start off because I feel like the question that we get the most, anytime I post a picture of you guys on social media or anything, they want to know what you're driving. What what are, what are you riding? What's the correct term? Is it driving, riding? You're riding a motorcycle. We're right? we're riding motorcycles, okay. and um, it is the uh, BMW uh, motorcycle, the uh, 1200 RT. Yes. Yes. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to refer to Clint because this dude is like legit smart. Okay. So when you ask me a question and you see me kind of look up in the sky, I'm going to be like, okay, Clint, take over. Clint's the smart one. Yes. Got it. But the uh, 1200 RT. And for the work that we do, the uh, the BMW motorcycle, everybody looks looks at it like it's a futuristic thing compared to the Harleys. Well, we absolutely love the, uh, the BMW compared to the Harleys. But don't get me wrong, Harley's a great motorcycle. But for the work that we do, the speed, the agility, the uh, well, the overall appearance, it's just for me, just way better. And speaking of talking to speed and agility, you guys were talking earlier before we started that you, you'll drive six inches apart. You'll even bump each other while you're driving. Huh? Well, depending on the uh, the road conditions and the weather and stuff like that, we I trust the guy sitting beside me with everything. Um, Clint was actually one of the instructors. Uh, basically, he helped me get through the motor school, which is a two-week motor school. And then after that, you have, we spend a lot of time learning to ride. Now, there's riding, and then there's riding OHP motor style. And with us, it's a completely different way of riding than what most people do. And by the time you're done with your break-in period, you, again, you know the guy beside you, and everybody in the unit rides that way. So it's not that you have a different person beside you and you don't trust them. It's like, no, they have gone through the exact same thing I have, and we know what to do. It's a it's a well-oiled machine when you see us riding like that. So tell me what the difference is. You say you ride differently than just, you know, the average person that you're going to see riding a motorcycle down the street. How is it different? Well, for one thing, we're very conscious of what's going on around us. I call it riding like a meerkat. You know, a meerkat's always got his head up and he's always moving around. Well, if there's four of us together, that's four meerkats looking around. Like, we're not surprised by anything. We try not to be surprised by anything. Uh, the guy driving, that's his job is to drive, is to change lanes to get us to where we need to go. Everybody else, we're like radars for that guy. So we're, like I said, we're very conscious of what's going on around us. Tell me how many how many troopers are in the um, in the motors unit. Question for you. <laughs> Question for me. I don't know if I have that many fingers. Actually, we've got uh, 14 guys in the unit right now. We've got uh, a few here in Oklahoma City and a few in Tulsa. And what is the role? What's the purpose of the of the motors unit? I'm going to refer that to uh, to Clint because he lives and breathes it. I'm just the supervisor. <laughs> uh, the purpose of the motor unit is basically here in the metropolitan areas to work the congested areas and get the aggressive drivers. Uh, the motorcycle speed and ability to get in and out of traffic allows us to stop those aggressive drivers that are, you know, up and down the interstate system. And you guys sometimes will um, do like a special emphasis you know, in certain areas. Are there are there certain areas where people will say, well, you'll find out, hey, this is kind of a problem spot. We need your help in this area. Yes, we'll go to like construction zones because the motorcycle does allow us uh, the opportunity to get into small places. Um, we don't need as much room as a vehicle to... Um, get out into traffic. So we'll do construction zones in certain areas where accidents have been an issue throughout the state. And right now, um, you know, this, the podcast won't air immediately, but we have some really cold temperatures right now. So you guys were 
kind of bundled up when you came in here. You sort of shed a few layers coming into the podcast room. You guys, I mean, that's a lot to, you're you're right out there in the elements. It is one of those deals. You better love to ride a motorcycle because uh, it is extremely hot in Oklahoma and it gets extremely cold. So proper layers. And like I said, you, you better love to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. And Lieutenant Vincent, you've sent me pictures before of you, the windshield on your bike being completely frozen over. Yes. And that was on the ride home and I just ran into it. Well, once you get a few miles uh, north of the city or something, it turned cold and there's no turning back. I mean, I just can't sit on the side of the road or wait in a gas station for that to pass. So the road temperatures were good, but uh, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as gaining on the windshield and stuff like that, yeah, it was bad. Now, Clint and I both um, have left the house and I think the lowest you said that you've left was five, five degrees outside. Oh my gosh. The lowest I've got was 11. And that was a miserable day to uh, to leave the house when it's 11 degrees or five degrees. I can't imagine. And uh, I know that you and I had to go to Texas one time to uh, pick up an escort. And I think the high that day, wasn't it like a 105 to 108? Yes. It was extremely yes. hot. And we don't have air conditioners at all. Yeah, I was going to say, can't you just turn the AC on or <laughs> no. turn the heater on, no. the defrost? Absolutely not. So, and again, it's it's one of those things, like I have a certain temperature that I love to ride in, and that's in the mid-60s, mid-70s. To me, that is absolutely perfect. Taco, and, we, and we get so many days like that in Oklahoma, <laughs> no, don't no, we? <laughs> not really, not really. We have one guy that we, we joke that says he has Tabasco going through his veins, um, and he... Oh, that guy will ride in short sleeves and unbearable weather. Unbearable weather, it's just cold. Yes, but you got to be grateful. You know, these days, you know, for bear caves and all your travel stops. Yes, because on the real hot days, it it does strike the public a little bit by surprise when they step inside and there's a couple motor guys sitting in there cooling off in the beer cave (laughs) because it's 100 degrees outside. You're just trying to get some air conditioning, trying to get cooled off. So. That's a good idea. I'm sure you guys know all the spots around the state. Yes. <laughs> so talk about too. I mean, you know, safety and and some of the things you're wearing is is like protective gear for you guys also. Uh, we use uh, Motorport. Uh, it's the pants and the and the jacket, and it's actually it's not bulletproof, but it is made out of Kevlar. And I don't even know what they call the stuff on the on the back of it. It's it's but it's supposed to be ten times tougher than leather, and it's not going to keep us from breaking anything, but it's just going to keep us together. And like I said, it's Kevlar and it's got padding in the in the knees, the shins and the uh, the thighs and, and stuff like that, which if we perchance lay our bikes over something like that, that's it's going to help us. But our ultimate goal is to not let that happen. But yeah, the, the stuff we use, we've actually had other agencies throughout the country try to model what we do and uh, or our uniforms with that type of stuff. And everybody that's gotten it is just crazy about it, says it's the best thing ever. Have either of you ever taken a spill off your bike or a bike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in motors, it's not if, it's when, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, I've been very fortunate. I've come close a few times, and it's all because people aren't paying attention to the fact that there is a motorcycle coming up beside them or behind them or that they're even right beside you. I've had people just come into my lane as they're right beside me. Now, again, we don't want that to happen, and that's one of the reasons why I say ride like a meerkat. Have your head up, always looking around. I don't want this to sound bad, but I don't trust anybody else's driving. I know Clint doesn't either. Um, None of us do. We just don't trust other people. So we always try to think ahead. What if this person does something? And that's generally what's kept us out of a lot of collisions or laying our bikes over. Trooper Riddle, you said it has happened to you before? It has happened. Uh, I've had one incident um, 
it was at 89th Street where there was some, I don't know if it was antifreeze or something was on the road. I went to the traffic light to make a turn and the bike just slid out from underneath me. So, but like, like the Lieutenant was saying with the proper gear, I didn't have a scratch or anything on me. The bike didn't have no damage at all. So it does have bars that protects it. So just picked the bike up, you know, shook off the embarrassment and went on. <laughs> Looked around to see if anybody saw you. Yeah, but you don't spend much time. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, hopefully nobody saw this. Get out of there. Just to get the bike up real fast. Yeah. Lieutenant Vincent, you talked about, esc- you mentioned escorts a little bit earlier. Is that, is that a big part of your, your duties in the state? It, it is. Um, we have... I don't know. We've never made a list of everything that we've escorted, um, but we have done a lot. Anything from a ceremonial flag to the president and vice president of the United States uh, in Tulsa not long ago. And it they're all equally important. And um, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things that when we do an escort, it's kind of an honor for us to do it. It's, we don't want to see it as a hassle or anything like that. It's is if somebody needs an OHP motors escort, it's very important to them, so therefore, it's very important to us. And tell us what that was like then, when the when the president was in town and you did the escort. I'm sure there was a a lot of people involved in that. It was actually one of the most boring escorts we've ever done. <laughs> there was legit nobody on the roads. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't Secret have to worry service, about yes. Else. Secret service takes care of all that. No, I'm I'm just joking. It was it was really neat to to think that at one point in time, you know, that you you gave an escort to a, a sitting president and vice president all in the same day. That really doesn't happen uh, here in Oklahoma. Clint's been on uh, longer than I have, and I don't know how many uh, presidential escorts you've done. I can't count. I mean, I've done Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump. So wow. been on for a while. But it's in our role on those escorts, we're the basically the last line. Like usually, the Secret Service has everything all blocked off. The interstate systems are clear, but our role is to um, monitor something that didn't get caught. So we're the last, basically the last line before the motorcade comes through. So all the way from presidents down to just average citizens, I'm sure sometimes you do funeral escorts just for average citizens in Oklahoma yes. also. We've, uh, and honestly, because of the uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, that's really uh, tapered off quite a bit. And uh, the escorts really are probably some of the most dangerous things that we do, though. Um, Clint and I actually were on an escort not long ago where we're in an intersection doing what we're supposed to and people that aren't paying attention um, actually almost hit the hearse because they blew through the intersection and missed me by what? It wasn't much. And it was pretty it was pretty scary. But, you know, when we do our escorts, again, that's one of those things where we go through the route. Uh, we'll advance the route. We'll look at all the you know potential dangers and stuff like that. But seriously, one of the most dangerous things is other people on the road when we do the escorts. So this podcast is called Train Like a Trooper and, you know, other um, troops and units that have been on. We've talked to them about the kind of training that they do and how important it is. So, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you guys how you guys train, how often you train, what you train. Clint is definitely going to talk about that. But I will tell you right now that he and there's four others that I have that are instructors uh, for the unit. Hands down, some of the finest instructors in the nation are here in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, and there's one or two in Tulsa that's really good also. But listen to this guy when he talks to you about training because he knows exactly what he's talking about. No pressure. No pressure at all. He definitely <laughs> sets you up for it. But, but um, no, we, we do. We, like he said, you, know, you go through a two-week school, um, and it is a pass or fail. I mean, it's you're 
you get one, you actually get two shots at making it. Um, and after you complete that, which is a very difficult, very stressful, very demanding physically and mentally, but, um, but also it's a an extreme necessity because if you mess up on a motorcycle, I mean, there's a very inherent danger that you're going to get hurt. And then after that, we have eight weeks of additional training that we do before you're actually classified as a solo rider. It is upon the trooper to do additional training. We do also additional training throughout the year. Um, but, you know, it's also upon yourself to go out and kind of readdress those, you know, concepts. Tell us like some of the things that are covered in the, like this is just saying the two week school, that initial two week school. A lot of it's to learn how to operate clutch and, you know, throttle control, you know, to, to manipulate the motorcycle, make the motorcycle do what you need to do. Um, clutch throttle. A lot of it is perception of how to use your head nice. Um, a lot of people, they just want to get on a motorcycle. They don't know how to use their head and eyes to direct the motorcycle, but your head has got to be on a swivel and understanding those concepts. And sometimes for some, it's difficult to do. So let's talk about the OHP Safe Riders program and, and tell me what that is and kind of what the purpose of that program is. What we're trying to do is we're actually trying to teach the motoring uh, citizens the same concepts that we utilize in everyday work when we ride our motorcycles. So our, our whole philosophy is those techniques keep us safe and doing escorts, pursuing down high speed you know, drivers, then those same techniques will also keep you safe in everyday riding. How often is that class offered and like how can people get more information on that class? Uh, that class is on the OHPSafeRiders.com website and usually we'll run through the spring and fall all the way up to June. And then the summer is entirely too hot. So then we'll pick back up in September and run September through November. But normally we're every Saturday in those months. What does the general motoring public, so not necessarily people that are also riding motorcycles, but just drivers out there, what, what do they need to know about motorcycles? Because you guys mentioned, you know, people not paying attention and stuff like that. What, what do people need to know about watching out for people on motorcycles? That's what the, you know, like the highway safety has a concept of look twice. Um, it's very crucial that, because the motorcycle is so easy to miss um, and blind spots and things like that. It's one thing that we educate the motorcycle riders is to avoid other drivers' blind spots, stay out of those areas, but also to get the message out to people on the cars that, you know, you don't realize how easy it is to miss a motorcycle. So take the extra time at a stop sign before you pull out. Look twice. Don't just take a quick glance, but look twice because a motorcycle, yeah, it's kind of one of those concepts. If you hold up a matchstick, and directly in front of you and close one eye, you can literally cover up a motorcycle at 100 feet away. So a motorcycle is very easy to miss. How fast do these bikes go? <laughs> That's what else people want to know, right? My dad, I had a hot rod car growing up. My dad said, son, don't ever race anybody. Always leave them guessing. Well, we're not going to tell you how fast <laughs> the bikes will go because ah, we're just going to leave them guessing. All right, we'll leave but, them guessing. But they will get up and scoop. They're, uh, they're quick, really quick bikes. Do motors get, I mean, you know, usually when we see the high-speed pursuits is we don't see the, we don't necessarily see the motorcycles in those all the time. And is that something that you guys have been involved in before? If you, we have. Uh, if you want to know the truth, though, we'd really want to stay away from them. We have nothing around us. And if something happens and you're traveling high speeds like that, it's just, we really don't want to get involved in that stuff. We will 
monitor from a distance, I guess, but you're not going to see us like in Hollywood where we're rolling up next to them and, you know, kicking windows or anything like that. It doesn't happen that yeah. way. Like chips. All. That's yeah. what people think about, right? <laughs> oh when they my think gosh, of you. chips. Absolutely. <laughs> you yes. couldn't get through the podcast without <laughs> mentioning that. Yeah, actually, these guys, um, I wasn't there. I was out of state that day. I actually met the cast of Chips in Tulsa. I think I've seen pictures yes. of that before. When was that? It was like two years ago or two so. Two years ago in November. Okay. When it was? I think so. It's it was. fairly recent. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was that was because guys like myself and some of the guys, the guys in the unit, that was you grew up watching chips. I grew up watching chips, so that was that was really awesome to see them yeah. interact with them. They were very gracious. What, what were they in Tulsa for? You remember? It was like a Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like yeah. Okay. And so yes. you guys got to go up there and meet them. And yes. What what did what did, what were some of the conversations you had with them? Uh, they were just. Average Joe. I mean, yeah. it was, but it was amazing because they were just just as thrilled to see us and see what yeah. we ride and visit with us. I mean, it was it was kind of surreal. Uh-huh. You know, they were we were so impressed with them, but they were like <laughs> they wanted to talk to us and talked about what we do and stuff. You know, it's just like uh, you guys are the stars. Yeah. Did they say? Did they get like training for that role from from anybody in a similar position of like the Highway Patrol? Uh, some of them did the right. I know. Um, Larry Wilcox is a very accomplished motorcycle rider. Um, and I think uh, Eric Estrada, you know, he did some training. Um, he's from New York. I think that was the first time he's ever been on a motorcycle, So, but he did do some training. That's pretty neat. Well, like I said, my heroes, and I'm out of the state when they come in. Well, so. of course. That's how it always yes. works, right? Now, there were some old helmets and stuff that were signed by them, which is awesome, you know, to think that, like, Ponch and John and the sergeant, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they all signed this, this helmet, mm-hmm. which I've got it on. Uh, in my office right now. And to me, it's just kind of cool. Now, if I show that to my kids or something, be like, who? Yeah, what? who, what? There, yeah. There's going to be people listening to this podcast that are like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? Chips. Go Google the it. Movie. Yeah, yeah. No, not the new movie. That's, yeah. not the, that's not the one. No, the old school stuff. Uh, do you guys go and talk to like kids, classrooms, stuff like that? I know you have a lot of stuff, you know, with the OHP Safe Riders, but do you get out and talk to just, you know, kids, kids at all? And Absolutely. Schools? Absolutely. We love going places. I mean, we love to ride. And, well, just, I don't know, yesterday I was in lovely Weatherford, Oklahoma with you and a few others, and it was a great day to ride. But, no, I mean, if we get a chance to get on a bike and go somewhere, absolutely, we go. That's what we do. Well, and, you know, I'm always asking you guys to come to recruiting events because the bikes are cool and they draw people in and people want to know about that and they want to see that. They think what you guys do is cool. We kind of do, too, though. Do your do your sons think what you do is cool? They're so over it. They <laughs> they really are. You know, it's like we talked earlier. They're just sitting there like baby birds with their mouths open, wanting to eat. You know, when when I get home, but they don't care what you do as long as you can put food on the table. Absolutely, no, they do. They they dig what uh, what the old man does. I mean, they, they do think it's pretty cool that you know I'm a motorcycle cop, but like I said, I'm a supervisor that you know over these guys, which they're right. the real they're the real motorcycle cops. I'm. I just try to claim myself as the pretty face, yeah. but it doesn't even work there either. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, he's pretty quick on that one. Oh, this is only uh, audio, unfortunately. Uh, Everybody out there can't see John's beautiful face. Oh, yeah. my, it's a curse. <laughs> it's a good thing. The glare coming on there. So. <laughs> so talk a little bit about, I'm sure you guys have just a passion for this, for this part of the patrol and, and what you do. Trooper Riddle, tell me a little bit about how you how you got into this part of the patrol and why you wanted to be a part of this troop? 
I've always enjoyed riding motorcycles, and I was asked a long time ago if I would be interested. And actually, I was a little bit nervous because I heard that school was really hard, and it was very difficult. But is I enjoy riding a motorcycle. I have a personal motorcycle. I take trips throughout, I mean, throughout most of this country. So that is my deal. I enjoy riding a motorcycle. So that's, that's my love is in motorcycles. I mean, that's even what I do on my off time. Yeah. Are there some days where you're like, I get paid to ride a motorcycle? That is great. I mean, that's, <laughs> and riding a motorcycle is a very, it's a great stress relief. So it's, you know, when you're out there working and stuff like that, and it's just like, you need a little bit of a break. You just kind of take a little ride on the bike. So it's, it's fantastic. I, I enjoy it. He's great at what he does too, though. Honestly, great guy. That's my comfort zone. Um, yeah. Like when everything is kind of, even when some things are a little bit, but I, I am. I feel most comfortable in a motorcycle. What about you, Lieutenant Vincent? How do you get into this side part of it? Oh, my gosh. Such a long story. We have <laughs> Not all <really>. day. <laughs> Not really. Um, actually, I went through the school several years ago. And Clint, he, uh, we were sitting there one day, and I was struggling. And, he, and we're not lying when we say it is a very tough school, mentally and physically. It is very demanding because you're on that motorcycle all day long, and they're making you do things that are impossible on a motorcycle. And when they show you an example, you're like, oh, my gosh, how do they make it look so easy? And then I look like a baby deer learning to walk, you know. <laughs> it's, it, it, was just, it was just terrible. And um, so one day in the, in the school, Clint and I were just talking about stuff, and he, and he used the word. I'll never forget it. We were sitting there, and he says, I love the way that guy manipulates the bike. And the light came on. I was like, manipulate? I'm going to Google that, and then I'm going to figure out, you know, what he's talking about. But no, I mean, it did. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I've got to manipulate the bike. And once that was in my head, I'm still not going to say I'm a great rider. He'll, he'll agree with me on that. <laughs> but, he's a good rider. <laughs> but um, that's what helped me through the school. And and Clint is one of those instructors that when he when he teaches somebody, he gives it 110%. You're going to learn something. If you don't learn it, that's that's all on you. That's why you still get at the safe rider stuff. But I digress. <laughs> I got through this. I went through the school because I thought, you know, I'm going to retire one day. And I want to learn how to, you know, I knew how to ride a motorcycle, but I want to go through some more intense training. And it was there. The, the intensity was definitely there. But then years later, um, I promoted, um, gone to through two or three different troops, actually um, forged the way for you to, you know, get where you are now. <laughs> That's right. He used to be in the PIO I office. Did. I did. Because um, he has roads. such a pretty face. They oh wanted to gosh. put him in front of the cameras. I have a face for radio. That's why I'm on a podcast. <laughs> um, and then uh, an opportunity came up to uh, go to Motors. And I was like, heck yes, let's do this. So I went to Motors and been with them, I don't know how many years now. They think a long time. It's really not been that long for me because time has flown by. Love these guys. Love the troop. Um, our leadership, uh, Captain Allred. I mean, that guy, he is the... Uh, He's, he's the leader of this whole thing, does an amazing job. I'm totally saying this in case he's listening. You know, <laughs> try to build him up a little bit. Um, but no, this, this unit right now, right here, um, we, have other close, we have other units uh, throughout the patrol. But as far as a family goes, this by far, in my opinion, is uh, the most family-like. Um, you know, we are all very, very, very close. If one of us hurts, we all hurt. We're all, you know, one of us is happy. We all try to feed off of that guy, too. It's uh, th these are my brothers is what they are. They're great guys. And I do anything in the world for them. Oklahoma City or Tulsa side doesn't bother me a bit. We all wear the wheel and wings and that's what we 
live and ride by. So Trooper Riddle, talk to us a little bit about the history of, of the motors unit with OHP. Uh, the Howard Joe's had motorcycles um, since the 40s. And at that time, they were on in Indians. And it was they were actually called the Flying Squadron because at that time in the Highway Patrol, we didn't have aircraft division. So um, they had the title of the Flying Squadron. Um, motorcycle division went away. I'm not exactly sure what time. And then the motorcycle division came back in 1999. Uh, we began on Harley Davidson's. And then, like I said, we've progressed and now we ride BMWs. We started with two. And like the lieutenant said, we're up to 14. But we still pay homage to that original Flying Squadron, because we have that on our front fender of our motorcycle to kind of give, you know, recognition to the guys that started it back in the 40s. So tell us, too, we talked a little about, you know, motorcycle training, but like for you guys, how do, what do you do personally, like to keep yourself, you know, mentally and physically at the top of your game and for your job? We've talked about that, you know, with other people that have been on, you know, kind of what's your personal philosophy on staying at the top of your game? Uh, for me, because I've taught so many of these motor schools, um, but a lot of times I actually just go out to a parking lot, a church parking lot. Um, I'm sure there's been many people, even like in the Lowe's parking lot, the people have been bringing their lumber out and here's this guy on an OHP motorcycle and he's out there doing figure eights or doing circles in a tight area. You know, it's just part of just kind of keeping your skills up. But I can actually picture all the exercises in my head and then just do like an imaginary course out on a parking lot. So, and most of the time, it's my imaginary course is actually more difficult than the than the one we're trying to teach on. But that that is what I do. That's what I always encourage when, when we do this other training. It's like find a parking lot that's close to your house and 30 minutes before your shift or, you know, at the end of your shift, spend a little time, you know, just kind of readdressing some of those techniques and it'll pay a lot of dividends. What about you, Lieutenant? Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. From time to time, I'll find a, a parking lot. Um, and do some figure eights, uh, you know, or some close turns, something like that. But the problem is, is a lot of people get complacent with their writing. They're like, oh, I can do that. And then when it comes time to do it, they just kind of forget how to do it. Um, and of course, when we're all writing in a group, everything that we've been taught, oddly enough, if we left from here and went to, we're just going to say Yukon, we're pretty much going to use everything that we did in that school to get there. All the tight turns, all the the maneuvers and the um, head and eyes and the, you know, clutch and throttle, all of that stuff. We're going to use it. And so the thing is, is you just don't want to get complacent. You want to go out and, and exercise uh, your motoring skills like that. I think that's almost anything you could say that, right? People become complacent and stuff. And, and I think that's you have to take the initiative to do it yourself. It's not always your boss saying, hey, go to this training. Right. I need you to do this. Right. You really have to take initiative. Right. You do. And you have to also pay attention because we're all about, about it getting into bad techniques. Because, you know, I, like I said, I ride around through everywhere, through the Smoky Mountains, different mountain passes. And I even catch myself, you know, not using proper head and eye placement and things like that. Because you get caught looking at the scenery, not paying attention to some of the things that you need to be paying attention to. So... But it's, at the same time, it's like just proper braking techniques and stuff like that, just being in the proper position. You know, it's well, that's one thing we always preach is like if that's what you do normally and when an emergency comes up and you need to apply the proper techniques, you're not going to apply the proper techniques. What about highlights for you guys? Like when you think about, you know, your time in motors, what's one of your favorite, favorite times or favorite things that happen, favorite assignments? Uh, I've been there twice. I think Clint's been there 
quite a few more times than I have, but um, actually going to D.C. for Police Week. Um, when we remember all the fallen officers and their families, we'll, we'll spend the first day there picking them up or first two days yes. picking them up from the airport and escorting them to the uh, to their respective hotels. For me, that's a huge honor. Uh, those are even though they didn't wear the same badge and shirt as I did, they're still law enforcement. Uh, so for me, that is like a huge thing is that we all periodically get to go out there and, and do that for people. So I, that's definitely a highlight for me. I'm sure that's neat for you, too. Yes, I'd have to agree. I've been to D.C. numerous times, and that is to to do that for the families and especially the children. Uh, when we take them to Quantico, um, it really kind of hits home because you know why they're there. So that's a huge honor yeah. to take care of those families. And they are such long days out there. But it is, I mean, we are gassed by the time we get back, but it is so worth it. You just have a, such a sense of fulfillment for going out there and doing that. And luckily, our department supports that, too. Well, guys, we appreciate you coming on our podcast today and sharing your wealth of knowledge with all of our listeners. <laughs> well, I don't know on my end about a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> but uh, if, if you all get bored, lonely or scared, just get a hold of a motors guy. We'll, we'll definitely talk to you. Um, as far as the uh, Safe Riders course go, absolutely. Somebody needs to, uh, if you're just sitting around listening to this and you're interested, look it up. Clint and uh, the other guys out there do an amazing job of teaching. And we have never, that I know of, ever had anybody come up at the end of the day and say, that was boring. I didn't learn anything. We uh, yes. we definitely have a lot of people that we open their eyes to just things that they didn't know. I have heard great things about it. Yes. Everybody enjoys the class. They actually do learn a lot. And I don't know how many people always say, if, you know, if somebody else would have had this training, you know, they might still be here today. So... It's a great program. Our job's all about saving lives, and we look cool doing it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, gentlemen, for everything that you do for the patrol and for the public, and you guys stay safe out there. All right. Thank you.